The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on The Revolution, outdoor adventure stories will take center stage. So listen along as Jim and Trav, Bone Collectors Michael Waddell, Mark Zona with Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, and Cat Daddy go in-depth to relive and tell the tale of their greatest outdoor moments and blunders. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Jim and Trav. We uh, talked about running the other way when you see a bear coming. That's not always the best advice. With grizzlies, uh, if you're attacked by a wild animal, they suggest to roll up into a ball and protect your head. It's that sort of plain dead sort of thing. But other types of bears, like black bears, not mm -hmm. necessarily you can try to scare them away if you're in trouble. But boy, people panic easily when yeah, you see Yeah, their behavior coming. is less predictable. Yeah. They say, too, if you have a backpack, lots of hikers have backpacks to try to, you know, use the backpack there yeah. to aim it that way. Anything but to survive. Right? That's right. That's yeah. what it is. So it was last fall. Uh, we were fur trapping in Missouri. You remember that trip I went on? Yeah. And um, there's a party of six of us. And uh, one, of, one of our buddies, uh, by the way, Mrs. Bunny's here. Uh, one of our buddies was attacked by a bear. Like uh, ser seriously mauled. It was terrible. And um, a couple people in the party actually went for help. Within about four hours, he passed away. And so we left, you know, just thinking that we're going to make our way out. We didn't want to have any more problems. Well, he actually didn't die. He came to and uh, he crawled his way down to the Missouri River, made a makeshift raft and uh, floated to Fort Knox. Along the way, um, he stopped was stopped by some uh, native Indians who actually patched his festering wounds with bear hides. Uh, but, you know, we were actually reunited uh, just a couple weeks later from when that uh, accident actually happened. That was a huge <laughs> glass story, Trav. Did you believe it? That was, I, your your composure was impeccable. I tried so hard. <laughs> it really was. That is the Hugh Glass story. That really did happen. Not exactly. Uh, about 1836, <laughs> but something like that. All right, so we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Going to be pretty exciting. We're going to be joined by our Mark Zona with Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. Check it out every Friday uh, night, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Also, Michael Waddell. Uh, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector you can be seeing on uh, Outdoor Channel as well. That is 10.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time on Sunday nights. Outdoor adventure stories. I think Michael's going to stick around for, what, a two, three-parter, maybe? Yeah, if he's got time, we're going to have him stick around because he's a storyteller. Yeah. The story of my life, I take you home. That's me and Whitetail Deer. <laughs> <laughs> Little, uh, who, who is that? Uh, At One Direction. One Direction. That's who that is. <laughs> yeah, your, your boy crush on Harry Styles. Hey, man's handsome. All right, so, uh, Jim, you're going to kick this off, and this outdoor adventure story is brought to you by Nissan. Nissan, innovation that excites. All right, so, Jimmy, you're going to you're gonna kick this off, these whole outdoor adventure stories, uh, being enjoyed by Mrs. Bunny. How's it going? The, uh, good, the Preggers, McGregor's, oh Mrs. Bunny. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, got a story for us. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I don't have too many interesting stories unless you want to include bear hunting. Okay. And uh, I was actually up in... Uh, I actually agree uh, with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually up in uh, Port Hyden, Alaska. Okay. And, and uh, flew in to do a brown bear hunt, a spring brown bear hunt, uh, not too long ago. And uh, as we landed in camp, as you know, in, in Alaska, you cannot fly and hunt in the same day. And so as we landed, I was talking with the pilot, and he says, now, one thing I want you to know, uh, in this country, the bear like to, uh, when they find a, uh, a dome tent, they lay on it and bite the first thing that comes up, which is usually your head. So he says if the tent collapses, <laughs> don't sit yeah. up. Don't want to put your head up. Yeah, no, you're going to find yourself drug off and be lunched somewhere. So anyhow, uh, we uh, we just went up and, and kind of glassed, didn't see anything but a couple old uh, caribou. And uh, next morning we get up about 3.30 and the idea was we were going to go behind the, uh, the camp mm -hmm. about four miles to a high point and it was a spot and stalk hunt for brown bear. Mm -hmm. And so as we're about uh, probably three and a half miles back into the uh, the bush from the camp, um, there was a runoff stream. And it was about oh, probably 30, 40 feet wide. And as I'm watching my guide go across, his boots are filling up with water because he had knee-high ankle tights. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
He had wet feet at 6.30 in the morning. And so I thought, well, geez, I'm not going to do that. No. And so I sat down, took my boots off, my socks, and I'm carrying, and I'm halfway across this ice-cold stream when the guy turns around and he says, stop. And I said, why? Mm -hmm. He says, there's a bear behind you. Oh. Now, that is the oldest trick in the book, you know. And so uh, he said, no, really, there's a bear behind you. So as I slowly turned around, uh, I saw this bear on the ridge that we had just come off from to get down to this little creek. And uh, it was about 160 yards away. And so as I got turned around, the guide was already across the river coming back at mm -hmm. me. And so I sat down to put my shoes and socks and boots and whatever, you know. And uh, he said, we ain't got time for that. You got to come. And so I'm running across this gravel bar. Dr. Barefoot. Pepper and a Diablo sandwich. <laughs> yes. I ain't got time for that crap. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so I'm running across this gravel bar and I'm stubbing my toe on every rock there. Now you wish you wouldn't change your, your or taking your shoes off. Yeah, I could have This guy was smart. Them. And another thing. What's that? Why question when you're in bear country, when a man says there's a bear behind you, don't question it. <laughs> That I was, never will I, again. Think about that one. <laughs> but we hadn't seen anything up to that point. Okay. You know, why okay. would I believe that there's a bear behind me? So anyhow, uh, I was shooting a 338 Winchester mm -hmm. and um, kind of light. I thought. <laughs> and yeah, so I lined up the shot and he was walking through these alders. And uh -huh. if you've known anything about alders, they're just really thick. And so I looked ahead of him and I saw a hole and uh, I actually got a bullet into him. Flip the guide or the bear? <laughs> Both. Oh, it was a ricochet shot. Okay. So how far of a shot? Uh, what about 160 yards? Oh, wow. Because he was walking as we were running at him, so we really weren't cutting off any distance. But I got as close as I thought I could and uh, touched it off, and he flipped on his back, rolled down the hill, and uh, we thought that we had a bear on the ground, which High we five. did. five. Let's drink a little champagne. That's it. That's Toast it. it. Well, as I looked at uh, down to where he had went out of sight, here he comes running right at us. I thought, holy cow. So I racked a, another uh, round in the gun, and uh, as I touched it off, he stopped, so it kicked tundra up in his face mm -hmm. and uh, that turned him and so he went behind this line of spruce trees now i'm still barefoot at the time he's regrouping and plotting yeah <laughs> yeah he's, he's trying to find out and actually i don't think that he was really running at us to run at us at that point in time because he didn't know what stung him he just knew that he got hit with something yeah so anyhow as uh, i'm running through this line of spruce trees as I saw him, he saw me, and he turned, and he started coming right at me. And I knew that uh, my butt was grass, and he was the lawnmower. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I racked the last round in my gun, and I lined up the shot, and I broke his neck. Oh, wow. Yeah. How far was he uh, when he dropped? 20 yards. Oh, 60 feet. That is too yeah, close. I carry a forty-five Winchester Magnum, a Grizzly, as a, as a backup piece, but I couldn't even have cleared leather by the time that uh, he would have been on top of me if I would not have gotten a shot into his neck to actually paralyze him. Uh, imagine if you wouldn't have made that shot. I couldn't have said, well, at least he went out with his boots on. <laughs> couldn't have said that one. <laughs> the, the barefoot and pregnant more applied. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's right, it. You know, I out of all of the close encounters and everything, I'm just in awe that you ran through um, thick brush with no shoes. Yeah, because don't you don't like, run. I don't. Well, <laughs> I don't like to cross my driveway. It no. hurts. Yeah. I, it gives me a whole new appreciation for quality footwear. Yeah, it does. Why didn't you take like waders? Well, they, I mean, they would have been really hot then, you know. Well, up in that country, you know, cross the stream, you take them well, off, you did, leave them, because you got to no, come he, back. It was the spring of the year, and so we didn't know, maybe he did, but he never told me about uh, the stream we had to cross. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, good story. Is. All right, so we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Again, going to be joined by a Mark Zona with Zona's Awesome Fishing Show every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, plus Michael Waddell with Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. Check him out every Sunday night. That is 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, he's going to be telling us a couple of stories. Yeah. going to be pretty good. All right, so we want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. Also, Nissan, nissanusa.com, Ruger, ruger.com, High Mountain Seasonings, himtnjerky.com, plus Cabela's, the world's foremost outfitter, at cabelas.com. Mrs. Bunny! It's been a blast. You, had, you said, like, crap. You said nothing. I'm wearing moccasins today. You are. <laughs> and pajama pants. I am. <laughs> I like it, though. The perks of being pregnant. Yeah. You yeah. can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. When Jim, well, you normally do dress like that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have pajama pants on now. All right, so we got to get to a break. We're going to be returning with Mr. Michael Waddell. Don't go anywhere. Here's a quick word from Mark. Uh, we will return with Outdoor Adventure Stories in just a minute.
Outdoor Channel on Setting Records. The largest grizzly bear ever taken by a hunter has been entered into the Boone and Crockett record book. The Big Bruin, taken in 2013 near Fairbanks, Alaska, by Larry Fitzgerald, scores 27 and 6 sixteenths. It missed the world's record mark by only 7 sixteenths of an inch, but landed a spot as the second largest grizzly ever recorded. And the reigning world's record is a skull found in Alaska in 1976. Well, stay tuned for more great outdoor adventures and check us out on the World Wide Web at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. The Nissan Frontier is loaded with features perfect for any outdoorsman, like tons of power from a 261-horsepower V6 engine, plus a new feature we're trying out, the Game Call Horn. There's elk, turkey, and mule deer. We're still working on that one. But the Frontier does have the first-in-class Utilitrack cargo-carrying system to strap down your big game. Though cool, the Game Call Horn is not a real feature of the Frontier. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Available features, 2014 Ward Segmentation, Small Pickup Class, Properly Secure All Cargo. It's been said that the history of weapons is indeed the history of the world. Gun Stories, hosted by Joe Montaigne. We go behind the barrel with historians, shooters, and experts. A riveting journey through the history of firearms. These are the three finest American shotguns ever made. Clint Eastwood's got this gun. I gotta have one. Midway USA's Gun Stories, coming in July on Outdoor Channel. Meet the gun that almost won the West. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at Ruger.com slash LC9. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Everybody's looking for it, and we've got it. Here are the boys. Are you ready for a new story? Oh, yeah! Gosh, we're almost like a story time. I'm hungry, though. I love story time. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me Me too. too. I hope it's a robot story. (laughs) I hope it's a hunting story. All right, let's get back to our outdoor adventure stories that we are talking about on today's show. Uh, Before the break, though, we were joined by the lovely Mrs. Bunny, and Jimbo was telling us about what? A great brown bear hunt in Alaska. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, So, you know, spooky, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're having some uh, cool people on talking about outdoor adventure stories. Just now being joined by Michael Waddell. And, you know, I really think you don't represent a short people very well on television. It's very deceiving because on television. His show is called Big People, Small World. You look like the, you know, the average superstar hunter that everybody looks on television. Now. <laughs> but, I mean, you are freaking tall, dude. How tall are you? I'm actually about 6'2", maybe six just two. over it. But, uh. That is the number one thing I have people tell me when I, when I meet them <laughs> out of, you know, promotions and appearances, man. We, it, everybody's like, dude, you're tall. Like, man, I, I'm sorry. When people see you, you're like, you're out there turkey hunting, you're doing these ninja moves, backflips, <laughs> it looks like the Matrix. Uh, everybody thinks you're like Jackie Chan or something. I hear you, man. Yeah, sometimes it'd be nicer to have a uh, have a smaller guy. I see my kids are coming up, my boys are smaller. So I can use them to slide up and put the decoys out. <laughs> they're, like, they're like your body double. They just don't have the facial hair yet. Well, you know, I first met uh, Michael down in uh, uh, Orlando at the uh, SHOT Show. And um, when I met him, I was looking straight at his belt buckle. Yeah. I'm like right at nipple height is where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we got to mention, you know, uh, uh, make sure you check out Michael Waddell's Bone Collector every Sunday night, 1030 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. Also, it's not currently airing uh, Real Tree Road Trips with Michael Waddell. Now, we are talking about outdoor adventure stories. Uh, and, you know, Michael, we've watched you for years on Outdoor Channel and everybody feels like they know you. We have this. We th- know you. Th- th- this uh, friendship that we have built with you. Uh, but, you know, we, we kind of know your story. But w- what are some of your favorites, like intimate moments that you've had in the outdoors with people, um, experiences? What stands out the most to you, buddy? That aren't X-rated. Yeah. <laughs> I guess intimate <laughs> wasn't the right you word know, to it's use. Funny, it's funny talking about because, to be honest, when I started my career, 
I felt like there was a selfishness to it. I mm-hmm. thought about, man, me, me, me. I'm getting a chance to go on this hunt. Man, I'm going to Hilo National Forest. I'm going to hunt elk. Man, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting a chance to go hunt caribou with Ralph and Vicky. Oh, man, I'm going to get a chance to hang out with Jim Shockey and Bear Camp. I bet I can kill a big bear. And so I had all these thoughts, and I had a chance yeah. to do all that stuff. And then soon into it, it just brought me back to what got me started. And I got to thinking about it. It was my dad. It was my dad, or daddy, that I call him, that, that is the one when I was a kid. He always got me up. He always took me hunting. He was the one that always brought me home a pair of, man, y'all all remember, I remember getting a pair of Texas steer hunting boots from Kmart. <laughs> and son had insulated on the side, and I thought I could go to Antarctica. And I was just so excited. And so always, I remember him giving me that first Remington 742 Woodmaster deer gun, 30 alt 6. And, mm-hmm. and man, I, I just felt like a man, and, and, and it was such a cool feeling to get up and go with my dad. And so... Obviously, he was a contractor. He made ends meet. We we had a chance to. Uh, we never was without, but at the same time, there wasn't a surplus of money. It wasn't like we just loaded up and went to Texas and bought a deer hunt or, or headed out west. But at the same time, my mom had passed away when I was sixteen, and oh, so wow. after that, Dad and I really threw ourselves into the woods. We really mm-hmm. hunted. I mean, we, I mean, it was kind of lonely, you know. And, and we we just hunted, hunted, hunted. And I had a sister, a younger sister, and so we were we were trying to do our best to raise her. And we basically were just hunting all the time. I remember taking her when she was literally three and four years old and just put a camouflage t-shirt on and just set her down <laughs> like a stump and, and hide her so we could go turkey hunting, you know. And, and so we, we had so many cool adventures. And, and then my career got going at Realtree. And so I even remember when I was, you know, back home, dad talking about, man, we built a little shop. And, uh, and he said, one day, boys, we're going to put us a milk on that. Mm. above that TV right there. We're going to put us a big old elk right there. And, yeah. and I said, one day we're going to do that, Dad. Well, I didn't know I was going to get a chance to do some of the stuff I did. So after Bone Collector, the first year Bone Collector got started, I, I basically didn't tell Dad, and I just went and booked and made plans for a great elk hunt, one of the better ones that I could think of. I'd seen the Primos guys hunt there. I basically called the guys at Sea La Vista out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. and. um put together an elk hunt for my dad and oh wow and so anyway him and i had a chance to go out there together and and we hunted hard for about six days and on the on the fourth day of the hunt i think it was dad had a chance to shoot about a 320 25 inch with his bow and arrow and let me tell you something there was tears i was i I can't even explain it because i i I didn't anticipate it it, that being emotional but Uh all of a sudden it was like there's no way I could repay him for mm-hmm. all of the things that he had done for me. But that was one small, you know, dollar bill, I guess you could say, to the bank to, to repay him for all the things he had done for me and to see how happy he was. It, it, it was, a, it was, it's hard to even explain because he was proud because he knew how proud I was of him and mm-hmm. the whole thing. And I remember telling him, I said, Dad, that is going over the fireplace in the shop. And, yeah. and, and, and man, we just both cried and we high fived and, 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 and it just let me know that, that hunting was far more, far more than the trophy. It was far more than anything because that had been, the outdoors had been what had got us through. That mm-hmm. had been what had got us through when we was missing mom or his wife or the hard times. You know, we, we got up together and we hunt. We went and out and climbed a tree and tried to hunt a little old acorn tree in Georgia and, and it wasn't even about the kill. It was just about getting out there. And that was something him and I could do as a father-son that was bigger than baseball. It was bigger than football. Yeah. There's nothing that could have sealed our relationship as two men, really. Um, and so at that point, when they released that air and that elk fell dead, it was just a flood of emotions of really what it was about. It wasn't about how big something was. It wasn't about how much fanfare you could have. It, it really just stripped it down to the roots. And I say that because if you've had a chance to watch Road Trips or Bone Collector, I've had a chance to go on some extreme, crazy, oh, yeah. just unbelievable adventures. But that elk hunt to me on that mountain was, was probably one of the the most meaningful hunts I've ever been on. You could read the breakfast menu at Sonic and I'd get emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good storyteller. Well, I haven't got emotional. It depends on how hungry you are and how much money you got. <laughs> Do I want a supersonic breakfast burrito or not? Well, we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. I got to get to a break. Uh, going to hear from Mark Zona, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show. Going to be telling us about some fishing tales 
Uh, Michael, would you mind coming back here in a little bit and uh, sharing another story with us? I would love to. All right, don't go anywhere. Uh, make sure you check out Michael Waddell's Bone Collector every Sunday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We want to say a big thank you. Oh, that is on Outdoor Channel. Big thank you to Outdoor Channel, Nissan, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's. Here is a quick word from Mark. Mark Zona is coming up next. We'll return in just a minute. This outdoor insight is brought to you by Nissan. Alaska, Colorado, and Montana have already outlawed the use of drones in hunting. And New Mexico is the next state in line to take aim at the use of drones for hunting big game. While only three states have actual no drone hunting laws in the books, sportsmen's groups are pushing to see that regulations are passed in every state to protect the concept of fair chase. These groups argue that the art of hunting should be based on skill and tradition and not technological advantages so you can get more news updates by following the revolution on twitter and you can catch up with us at twitter.com forward slash underscore otn and we'll be right back your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports what are you supposed to do to a shooter buck? Shooter him. Ted Nugent. The bacon has landed. The guitar shredding showman. I'm a happy, happy bull hunting guitar playing American dreamer. Now brings the noise on Outdoor Channel. I'm like drunk on backstraps and mystical flights of the arrow. You called me Miracle Boy. Texas with a bow and arrow doesn't suck at all. Ted Nugent, Spirit of the Wild, Tuesday nights at 8.30 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Spirit of the Wild, pure horsepower television, baby. Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.coloradosbiggestbucksandbulls.com Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Make all your hunting camp meals tasty treats when you bring along High Mountain Seasonings. High Mountain Seasonings is your one-stop shop for all that is delicious. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285. Please begin. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. There are no rules. Mark Zona hosts Zona's awesome fishing show, and it is. It's The Revolution with Jim and Trav. My college roommates, guys. <laughs> Marcus Demetrius, how you doing, big guy? I'm doing well. I feel like I nailed that intro. You did. Oh, that yeah. was perfect, man. That, that was, was awesome. Thank you. thank you. You're known as Mr. One Take in a lot of things. We're going to the moon now. All right, so we are talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Just before the break, Mr. Michael Waddell uh, talking about that amazing uh, elk trip. Uh, with his daddy yeah, in, New, in cool. New Mexico, I think it was. Yeah, and he's going to be sticking around. He's coming up again uh, after uh, Mark Zona. But we want to mention Zona's awesome fishing show. Uh, check it out every Friday night. That is 8 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. How about the Bassmasters as well for the following day, uh, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Two great shows. Now, Outdoor Adventure Stories. Obviously, I mean, you, you get to hang out with the coolest people in the fishing industry and the hunting side. Uh, what is maybe perhaps one story... Or, or instance that really just stands out the most to you, Mark? I, I'll tell you, and this was actually not, <laughs> uh, we, we did not tape it, and I regret not taping it. Yeah. But we were taping a, a Zona show years ago with Tommy Sanders, uh-huh. and yeah. we were on the Columbia River. Okay. And we were going for giant sturgeon. When I say giant, seven to 1100 pound sturgeon. Yeah, like 12, 13 um, feet. Which is, Dang. You know, I hate to say it. It's kind of commonplace there. Um, uh, oh, wow. They're just a gentle giant. And we hit we hit the timing perfect. Knock the show out. You know, and the thing the thing with catching a, a sturgeon that's 12 foot long is you got about two in the tank. And then you, you don't you, you really don't want to mess with a third one. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. No. <laughs> so Sanders, you know, Sanders, the host of the Bassmaster. He got his fill. I got my fill. And I thought, man. And being this time of year, so I guess this this story's fitting. I, I thought I I have to get my father here to see this. Uh-huh. Gotta get him here. Yeah. So we got done shooting the show, and I said, Dad, I said I'm gonna get you on a plane. I'm gonna get you through O'Hare Airport. You you have to come and see 
the size of these sturgeon we're catching. No, I'm not. You know, I'm 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 paying the garage. And I said, no, 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 no. no. I said, I'm gonna get you a ticket, and you need to get here. And yeah. this is no joke. He said, well, how big are they? And I said, uh, oh, they're like forty to sixty pounders. Not telling them they weighed legitimately. <laughs> this is not. I'm not overestimating this. They weighed. Seven to seven hundred pounds to a thousand pounds. Oh my gosh! Wow. Holy crap! And, and and I remember this so distinctly. So we go out in the morning, and the and I feel so bad that we did not videotape this. But we go out in the morning, and we we throw out our you know we were using sheephead and carp, just big cut bait, and yeah. And he says, "Man, that's an awful big reel you're using there for a fifty pounder." <laughs> I said, "Oh, I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I like to torque on him a little bit." He's like, "Oh yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it." <laughs> so we're sitting there, we're sitting there, and oh boy, though the, the reel just starts tick 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 tick, and I start scrambling around the boat and blah blah blah. And I said, "All right," I said, "We're gonna let him go for about thirty yards," and I said, "Now listen, when I put the brakes on this reel." I said, you come back with everything you got. He said, I got it, man. <laughs> and I put a fighting belt around him, and he's kind of watching me. He's like, Mark, he's like, you know, I've, we're, we're, I've, I've been red fishing, man. I don't need a fighting belt for a, <laughs> you know, he said, worst case scenario, if it's 100 pounds. He said, I, I, I'm okay. I said, no, we're going to, I said, this is a just-in-case move right here. <laughs> and he comes back on this thing, and guys, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I felt my father's body leaving the boat. <laughs> and he, and, he, and, he, and I, I, you know, he, my dad's a big guy. I mean, he's like me, man. He's a Chicago Bears linebacker, bro. Oh, man. He starts coming back on it, and he's like, I think I got one a little bigger than 100 pounds, Mark. And I said, well, you never know, blah, blah. And this thing jumps, and it is all of 12 foot long. Oh, oh man. Geez, really? And it has big around. I mean, it's as big around as a dinner table. Holy wow. crap. And he goes, he goes, I'm not kidding, guys. I got one bigger than y'all caught yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, it, what's funny is, it, you know, when you – I had not thought about that story in a long time till just telling it. Um, those are the – those are number one. Those are the reasons why we hunt and we fish because they're – they're memories that, you know, 30 years from now, um, gosh, money can't buy that, yeah. you know? I, number one, thanks for, for having me tell that because it brought back a truly a great memory. Uh, there you go. Hey, that was Mark Zona. He does have Zona's awesome fishing show. Now, on Outdoor Channel, not going to find a better man, better angler anywhere out there. Zona's awesome fishing show. Once again, uh, Friday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel and the Bassmasters. That is Saturday nights, uh, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike Waddell is coming up next. Stick around for that. Here is a word from Mr. Paneri. Big thank you to Outdoor Channel. Nissan, Ruger, High Mountain Season and Cabela's. Mark, man, we greatly appreciate you, and thank you so much for coming on, man. Crap, and do not be scared to send me some of those high mountain seasonings. Don't be scared, <laughs> bud. <laughs> Outdoor Channel on Invasive Species. Minnesota researchers are hoping to control invasive Asian car population by utilizing sound barriers. Professor Peter Sorensen of the University of Minnesota's Department of Fisheries, Wildlife and Conservation Biology wants to try some unorthodox methods for irritating the big head carp and stemming their river advancement. He believes that acoustic barriers installed at locks and dams on the Mississippi River can be effective in repelling carp which are known to have sensitive hearing. Well, don't miss a minute of this week's show or of weeks past. Listen to The Revolution at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution, and you'll also find an extensive archive of Adventures of Dad and Me webisodes. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. High school to the pros, we we cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Outdoor Channel presents an unforgettable journey into the unknown. We're about to go hunt a very, very dangerous animal. We've been to many places in the world that you feel discomfort because you know you're not welcome. This place 
Nobody's welcome. The Outdoor Channel Original Series, Uncharted. Well, maybe we shouldn't be here. Maybe this is the one time when we push too far. Coming this July to Outdoor Channel. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls, third edition features hundreds of detailed hunting stories and photos go to www.colorado's biggest bucks and bulls.com today all right listen up listen my little friends you're listening to the revolution with jim and trav hey we're back if you're just joining us, well, I'll tell you what, you've missed a whole lot of show, but we got a whole lot more coming. Yeah, we just heard from Mark Zona, and I do have to say is, I don't love you like I loved you yesterday. Yeah! No, Mark Zona! I don't love you like I loved you yesterday. <laughs> no, I do. I love Mark Zona. He's my uh, boy toy? I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're talking about outdoor. <laughs> don't even go there, Trev. <laughs> outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Uh, we did hear from Mark Zona, Zona's Awesome Fishing Show, before the break. Uh, this is our uh, part two, second installment, whatever you want to call it. With Michael Waddell. Uh, with Mr. Michael Waddell. Uh, earlier when we talked to you, uh, Michael, you were telling us about uh, your childhood. That amazing uh, elk trip with your dad. You took with your daddy. Uh, you said you had another story for us. Uh, uh, what is that, buddy? It's funny in my career. You know, earlier we were talking about hunting with my dad, and mm-hmm. kind of a quick follow up. You know, giving back and having a chance to take some of the people in my family hunting that it meant so much to me growing up. Had a chance this past year to take my 80 year old uncle, who him and my dad always took me hunting. He got his first elk. But one one adventure that kind of stands out too that happened just two years ago um, was a trip to Kansas where I shot my biggest whitetail buck ever with a bow. But the the cool thing about that story is is there's so many misconceptions out there as far as the way the public sometimes can watch the hunt shows. Yeah. Um, a lot of people watch hunt shows, and I don't even know how to say it any different than this, but you got so many haters out there that will watch. <laughs> and they're, they're mad right off the bat that you, if you're killing an animal or, or you're being successful or yeah. and you get the old deal. Well, by God, it won't come to my house. I can, can shoot one of my house, and he, yeah, I could do it if I did that. Well, <laughs> there's a part of what they're saying is true, because I'll be honest, is a, you know, I used to get, I'd read Chuck Adams at my articles, and mm-hmm. I would love him. But then I'd want to strangle him at the same time. <laughs> I'm thinking, you lucky son of a gun. Here I, here I am, you know, going to school or, yeah. or I would be doing heating and air work, working every day. It's like, how in the world can you afford these adventures? How can you go on these things? So yeah. obviously it takes a great amount of blessing to have the opportunity. And mm, every definitely. It's a blessing. But, but anyway, as you, as you do the hunting shows, you know, you depend on a lot of different situations. Obviously there's a lot of do-it-yourself hunts you can go. But most of it is a network of industry people mm-hmm. and friends and different people you meet, even at hunting shows, at consumer shows. Yeah. And you turn them into hunting adventures that you document for the TV shows. And in all those hunts, you end up knocking down some pretty good whitetails. You end up hunting some great areas. I mean, if you just go sit in a stand in Iowa, anywhere, there's a chance of a world-class deer coming by you. So, obviously, every place you hunt, a trophy is relative to where you hunt them. Well, in that... And through my career and trying to make a living and pay the light bill and keep shoes on the youngins, I have always, just like most country boys, dreamed of owning a piece of property. And so it's been about five years ago, I finally bit the bullet, got over my anxiety with mm-hmm. it, and basically bought 500 acres in Kansas. Did you and really? So I did. And I, and I, and at the time, I didn't really have the, the money to do it. I mean, money, land is expensive. Yeah, and it even is. though people watch the TV shows and they think that everybody's just rolling in the dough, the hunting industry, you can make a good living, but it's, it, unless you make the right moves yeah. and, and own the right company, obviously it's not like you're a kajillionaire. Yeah. So just because you're on TV or radio doesn't mean that you're a millionaire. And um, so, you know, with that said, I finally bought, bit the bullet and I bought me a piece of land. That was the first time that it gave me the opportunity, the true opportunity to have my piece of land to hunt it the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hunting a friend's piece of property. I yeah. wasn't hunting an outfitter's piece of property, um, and I wasn't hunting public ground. And so 
for three years I hunted this particular land and uh well, I sell this one buck, and I caught him in there. He's about like a 160. Oh, wow. Pushing 160, mid-160s, really nice deer. Yeah. He was three and a half years old. Well, wow. you know, I, I'm in the trophy deer management, but a 160 deer, I'm going to shoot <laughs> That's him. a big deer. I'm going to knock him down. So, <laughs> He's going to anyway, the freezer. The deer, yeah, the deer kind of eluded me. And, uh, well, I kept hunting him. The next year, I see this deer. Same deer, for sure, trail cameras. He's, he's in the 170s. And I got some other good deer on the property. And he, he turns out being one seventies all year long. He, he, he pretty much he kicked my butt. I'd had I had him at thirty yards a couple times in the brush. Couldn't get a shot. Uh huh. That that particular year I had it. There was also a deer in there. It was a really wide ten pointer. I ended up shooting that deer that year, mm-hmm. and it was one of the most. It was also one of the cooler deer I'd ever shot because this deer had actually been tagged, had a radio collar on him. No way. Because my property had budded up to twenty five thousand acre reserve, basically that <laughs> was owned by the the government that allowed no hunting, and they, in turn, allowed Sterling College, which was a college in Kansas, yeah. to come in and do some deer studies and research. <laughs> and so they had basically darted a, several deer, and they had put tags on it. Well, this deer had been, this deer was documented to be six and a half years old. Whoa. Been, he had been basically collared three years prior to me killing him, you know, the reserve over there. I'm like, holy cow. So That's wild. So, behold, I get a shot and kill him, about 145, 50-inch deer. That's a nice deer. But it did, that wasn't actually the, the deer that I wanted. I wanted this big 170s that I had my sight set on. Well, anyway, the next year rolled around, and I, I got in there, and this deer showed back up, started getting on trail camera pictures. And anyway, about four or five days into the hunt in November, I saw this deer, and he was out there with a doe, and I couldn't get a shot. The next morning, I wanted to go back to the same stand. Well, the stand was basically dead wrong for the wind where I thought the deer would come from and it just didn't work and so I decided to pull off that stand and I circle around on this piece of property and I'm looking and looking and so the cameraman's like here he comes behind us behind us and I mean we even got up in the stand good uh-huh. I shimmy down this tree and look and luckily the wind was blowing hard here's this buck pushing a doe right to my stand Ooh. and as luck would have it the deer ends up pushing the doe put jump the doe jumps the fence not even 15 yards 17 yards from me and going out to this winter wheat field mm-hmm. and this deer's right behind it and anyway i get a just an easy top pin 17 yard shot at this deer mm-hmm. and just pinwheeled him. he run over and fell dead and Ooh. that again the emotions of that yeah i i, I was so I knew immediately when they hit him, it was the biggest deer I'd ever shot. And mm-hmm. I get over there, and he ended up, ended up scoring right at 192. Oh, wow. my God, 192? Yeah, he was a Dang. big deer. He was, he was like 191 and like six five eight and stuff. And But I, I learned just enough in school that you just round that <laughs> he up. Ran you know what I mean? You just round that he up. He was 200 is what he, he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly, 200, you know, 195. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so, so I was so happy about it, but yeah. it also – it also let me know that when you do own the, your piece of property and you have complete control over it, it doesn't mean that killing a big whitetail is easier. No. But it means the potential and the opportunity goes up greater. And it was kind of that dream come true. As I always had thought, like, man, if I could just ever own a piece of property yeah. and I could ever do this, this, and this, I think I could accomplish this. And sure enough, I, I did. And so for me, emotionally, it, it made the investment worthwhile. It was just one of those things that where a plan had came together. And two, really, it was more important than just that big deer. I had a chance to sit there on my my tree stand and think, man, it, I was a proud redneck to know that I had ground, that I Lord, yeah. an opportunity to own a title to a piece of country in Kansas mm-hmm. that held great whitetail. And so, All right, hey, we, we, we actually got to stop you right there, buddy. Uh, we we got to get to a break. Uh, how about we'll finish it up right after that, man? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we can do it. Cool, man. All right, here's a word from Mark, and we'll conclude our interview with Mike Waddell right after this. Here's another outdoor insight from Nissan. A commercial fisherman fishing for royal red shrimp in 2,000 feet of water made the catch of a lifetime when he reeled in a deep-sea dweller known as a goblin shark. Goblin sharks are extremely rare in the Gulf of Mexico, with only one other sighting ever being reported in 2002. Most of the documented sightings of these specimens have been found in the deep canyons near Japan, and they are easily identifiable by their jaws, which protrude greatly while eating. 
Now, after the show, make sure you sign up for our free e-newsletter where you can get a sneak peek at who will be appearing on the show. Also, take advantage of the opportunity to win free outdoor gear with our weekly free giveaway. And this can all be done by sending an email to radio at outdoortrailsnetwork.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Outdoor Channel presents Bottom Feeders. If you're not willing to put it all on the line, it isn't worth having. Three teams of commercial fishermen battle Mother Nature. Get everything out here as fast as we can! And each other. Someone's here to sabotage us. All in pursuit of the big haul. Look at all them fish! It's a big deal. Stop, stop, stop! It's the rest of my life. The cheese is on. It's a good way to make a living if you're nuts. Bottom Feeders, presented by Ram Trucks. Friday nights, 8.30 Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon, enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. Come with me. You're listening to The Revolution with, with Jim and Trav. Now, here are the boys. And we're back talking about outdoor adventure stories on today's show. This is our third installment. Uh, with Mr. Michael Waddell. Michael Waddell's Bone Collector. Got to check it out on Outdoor Channel. That is every Sunday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Michael, there, buddy. Yeah, this is Michael. All right, cool. Let's do this. Hey, to bring us up to speed, Michael, you talked about getting a piece of property over by uh, Quivera. Giant uh, Bottoms. Yeah, and you uh, you did some management practices on the uh, property, and you shot your biggest buck ever. Ever of all the places you've ever hunted in North America, you shot your biggest buck ever, a 192. Sounds like it's come full circle for you. Absolutely. And you know what else it, it helped teach me is because here's the thing jealousy jealousy is rampant in any industry oh, yeah. or any situation in the workplace. And and as mad as I get at some of the, I call them social media gorillas, <laughs> man, they're like 10 foot tall and bulletproof, as long as they can just type on the T board and tell you what they think of you on, on, on Facebook or whatever it is. But at the same time, I, I can promise you and I can admit that I have had jealousy too. I've yeah. been jealous of people that I love, like Bill Jordan. I mean, Bill Jordan has got a beautiful farm, y'all. I mean, you should see it. It's just unbelievable. And, and it's hard not to say, man, I wish I had something like that. Yeah. And, and obviously coveting is, I mean, that's a sin, but it's obviously a human nature. And so it, it hit me right between the eyes like, Michael, you should never be jealous. And, and, I, and it helped me learn to even be more proud of when people do accomplish their goals. And unfortunately, we live in a world that sometimes all you got to do to really make people angry at you is succeed. <laughs> and that's yeah. very sad. And, and it's funny. You know, you guys now have got a, a very well-produced and, and had it for years. But, but just the, the, the new things y'all do on Outdoor Channel, you kind of hit a different level of what you're doing with your show. And so as soon as you do that, you think people will be proud of you. And most are. There's always one or two. Well, I, you know, I had a better radio show than that guy and, you know, or something. And you always got some kind of hater around it or jealous person. So it made me realize after I had that piece of property is that, man, never be a victim of something. If you want something, just go out there and, and work hard to get it. And we still live in a country you can do that. And there's no need to sit around. You just waste time when you become jealous. You waste time when you start hating on somebody. Go out there and, and get what you want. And I would have never in a million years the day I started working at Bill Jordan with Bill Jordan at Realtree, mm-hmm. I would have never thought that I would have owned a piece of property. Now, 500 acres isn't a huge piece of property by Kansas standards, but to me, it was huge. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like Camp David too to me. You know what I mean? So, anyway, with that said, I, I, you know, I, I just part of my dreams, part of my goals, and 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 it's helped me learn to or teach me to be very proud of people when they reach their goals. And that's that's what I want to do. I enjoy talking to people these hunting shows. I want to know what their dreams are, their goals. If it's to kill a Pope and Young Buck or, you know, I, I have people come up and it's like, man, my goal, I just want to kill a long beer turkey. 
And, and man, if I can give them one little something to help them succeed in their goal, I'm not going to be mad when they're accomplished. I'm going to be proud of them. And, and some of my friends that, you know, they might want a bigger house. They might want a, a bigger deer. And so who am I to be jealous or hate on them if they accomplish that? And so, uh, anyway, that, 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 all those emotions, even though some of that didn't make sense to back to this big deer, <laughs> all those emotions come to me when, when I shot this deer uh, of the proudness of the, the goals, the accomplishment. But it wasn't like a macho man thing. It was yeah. just a humbling, very blessed, thankful feeling. And I remember saying a prayer and thinking, man, thank you, Lord, for giving me these opportunities. And, uh, and so it was just a, I don't know. It just those times to me when you achieve the things that you really have set a goal for. It, it really is a place to where it, it can be the most humbling. It doesn't actually make you more cocky. It 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 makes you more humble, and and that's exactly what that did, did for me. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, uh, Trav, you don't know this, but Michael called me about two weeks ago, and he told me on that deer that had the radio collar on it, as he walked up there admiring the buck, he took the collar off and put it up to his ear. And he heard the revolution with Jim and Trav. <laughs> Listen to the radio. <laughs> exactly. You, going back, I want to say one thing. Uh, I remember it's been a couple of years ago. I think it was a mule deer hunt. You did a stock on bow hunting. Eastern Colorado. That was yep. one of the, the greatest moments that I remember standing out. And, 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 you know, when you watch it on television, you know, it's pretty hard to summarize a hunt to happen in, you know, 24 minutes of television. But I thought that was so incredible, you know, because that is like that never happens. Yeah, it was a tremendous mule I mean, deer. It was amazing. That, that was a, you know, there's a whole behind the scenes to that, too. I, that, that deer was a 200 inch deer. And I wow. saw that deer the day before out in this cornfield. He was out in the corn stubble field. Yeah. And that deer was out there. And me and the, me and my buddy who I was hunting with, we was like, we can't get to it. There's no way we can't kill that deer with a bow and arrow. We don't, it was flat. I mean, it wasn't even, even any roll, just flat, almost yeah. like. And so uh, the next day, we rode back out there, and I was looking at the deer, and I pulled my spot and scope out. <clears throat> and I said, dude, that's a 200-inch deer. Mm-hmm. And um, and so anyway, I looked I looked at the guy, you know, my buddy and, and, and the camera guy, and, and I said, you know what? I said, we're crazy. I said, we, I said, I'll tell you what, let's do. Let's go get as close as we can and try to get some footage of that deer for the show. I said, I mm-hmm. don't know if it's possible to get an air in him. Yeah. Lo and behold, we kept creeping. We got out of the truck that morning at nine o'clock and at four thirty, I shot that, that deer. Wow. Holy that, crap. <laughs> so, so it's hard for all that to come across on TV. Yeah. And, uh, but, and I ended up shooting him at like, I think it's 61 yards. Jeez, a long oh, shot. And, yeah. Um, and when I killed him, I couldn't believe it because I didn't, we never, I wanted to kill him, but uh-huh. it also, that was another story that taught me a lesson. We honestly got out of that truck to try to get within a distance that his lens could make that deer at least show up <laughs> and, to, and to show the deer some love on our show. That's yeah. what we were going to do. And then it would have been easy to say, hey, we couldn't get to him, but we at least got within 150 yards of him and look at, look what a beautiful deer. And, and, and in that attempt to get that close, we ended up just slid right in there and killed the goat. So, Anyway, that's, anything's possible. That's just wild. That never happens. All right, so people, to summarize, don't play or hate. Hunt every moment you can and make lots of babies. That's what I got <laughs> out of this. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, right. either that or die trying. All right, so you got to check out Michael Waddell's <laughs> Bone Collector every Sunday night. That is 10.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, with Mr. Uh, Nick Munn and uh, Travis T. Bone Turner. Now, where can we find you online, buddy? Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, Mr. Michael. Yeah, on Twitter it's uh my account is just at Booger Bottom and then uh and then on Facebook it's just Michael Waddell's Bone Collector and then obviously you can go to any of our websites, bonecollector.com, all Michaelwaddell.com's got the latest happenings or you know, from where we'll be, what stores we're gonna be hanging out in or or, or shows or hunting shows as well as our really we even put our hunting schedule on there because we kinda want people to know where we're going and, and what time of year because that's a commonly asked question. So uh a lot of information there, so y'all check it out, sure. You bet. Hey, that was Michael Waddell. He has a bone collector on Outdoor Channel. Uh, Michael Waddell's bone collector. Again, that is every Sunday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. Got to check it out. Big thank you to Outdoor Channel, Nissan, Ruger, High Mount Seasonings, and Cabela's. We have to get to a break. Here is a quick word from Mark. Take a listen to what he has to say. Mr. Michael, man, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, buddy. Trav, Jim, thank you guys, man. Always a pleasure being on.
Outdoor Channel on Management, a species of trout that decimated a native trout population in Yellowstone National Park, is showing signs of decline. Non-native lake trout were first discovered in Yellowstone Lake in 1994 after being illegally introduced to the 132-square-mile body of water. Crews have since netted and removed about 1.4 million of the fish in hopes that cutthroat trout populations will rebound. However, it hasn't been without controversy, as the netting costs about $2 million annually and a full rebound of the cutthroat is uncertain. So, interact with the revolution online by liking our Facebook page. Check it out at facebook.com forward slash adventures of dad and me. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. with Jim and Trav. Hey, we'd like to thank our 430 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Cadere, and Frank the Sound Guy. Good outdoor adventure stories on today's show. Lots of them. Man, Mark Zona, Michael Waddell, the little bit that you talked, Mrs. Bunny. Yeah. Your pants, though. They're pretty cool. They are amazing. <laughs> All right, so we want to say a special thank you to, uh, to those people I just mentioned, Mark Zona, Michael Waddell, Mrs. Bunny, also hey. to you guys for listening. Hey, speaking of uh, babies, uh, what's the new baby going to be called? Little boy named Elijah. I think named him Miho. Miho. Miho, my son. Pretty cool. All right, so uh, God you bless Spanish? you. She is. She ate, uh, she ate a burrito last night. Yeah. <laughs> um, God bless you. Get outdoors this week, and your local news and weather is coming up next. Peace out. We'll talk next week. In a production of Outdoor Trails Radio Network. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.